0: For the last four weeks, this is actually the fourth week of a five-week series. We've talked about this whole thing of kazon. Kazon is a, is a Hebrew word that comes out of a, a passage in the Old Testament in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And the word vision there that's translated is the word kazon. It means that vision, that plan, that purpose that God has for our life. And it's one of the things I found over the years that people are so, um, really want to know a, a question they want to, want to know the answer to is this question of what is it God wants me to do with my life. And I shared with you the last couple of weeks that one of the real cl- uh, clues to that is to understand what God wants me to be, who he wants me to be. And, and we learned that for some things we call core values. Uh, on the screen, uh, the next slide, is, uh, is a kind of a little uh, three circles. We've talked about two of the three already this uh, in the last few weeks. A couple of weeks ago, Chris talked about the, core, uh, the first thing, core values. It's the first uh, thing that we need to understand if we're going to understand what God's vision is for our life. And core values are those things that uh, you cherish at the very core of who you are. Uh, It's what you aim your life toward. Uh, If you want to know what your core values are, now everybody has core values. You do, whether you've thought through them or not. Sometimes they're default. Uh, You just kind of let life determine the direction of what you do. But all of you, your core values are basically those things that direct the decisions you make. And so, you know, if I want to know what your core values are, how would I, how would I know that? If, how would you want to know if my core values, what would you look at? What can you easily look at to tell what my core values are? I've told you this before a long time ago. But I can look at your calendar. I can look at your checkbook. I can tell your core values and you can tell my core values. The things that I spend my money and my time doing. The things that direct the the energies of my life, the things that are my core values, and those are, those are two simple things. It's kind of like the things that you would give all else up for. If you had to narrow down life to just a couple of things, two or three things, you would do. What would they be? What would the things that would matter more than anything? And that are your, that's your core values. Uh, Chris asked a couple of questions that kind of give us some ideas about what core values are. One of them is, the, the question was, what angers me? What, what, it's not just anger in a bad way. Anger, What's righteously angers you? When something happens in the world, what is it that causes you to be angry about it? That's something that you're passionate about. That's something that's a core value. And another one is, uh, what brings me fulfillment and meaning? That's another question to ask. You know, what is the thing in life that really brings me fulfillment and meaning? And so that, that's the first uh, issue we talked about. If we want to know our kazone, our God's vision, purpose, plan for our lives, if we need to understand something about we have to do some self-examination about what our core values are. The second thing last week I talked about is something that God has given us. And that is, uh, in a real sense, spiritual gifts. Uh, the, uh, spiritual gifts are God's gifts that are in us, that equip us for gi- giving something back to the world. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us the, the ability to do certain things well. And so I, I sh- challenged you last week to look at three questions. It was your homework last week if you came and you did your homework. But ask yourself three questions. The first question was, what do I love to do? What is the, does the Jesus love to do? That really just is something that I'm passionate about. And secondly, uh, to understand the spiritual giftedness is what do I do that, ha- that has a significant impact on others? That when I do it, I love to do it, but when I do it, it makes a significant impact in other people's lives. And so it helps us to understand something about spiritual gifts. And then finally, sometimes we have things in our lives that we haven't done, but we like to do because we believe that we really could be good at it. And so the third question is what do I secretly believe that I could do but have never tried? And so we have those issues in our life, and if we understand, those are ways of beginning, not the whole way, but the ways of beginning to understand our spiritual giftedness. And I shared with you last week, I, even though spiritual gift tests are good, I believe the best way to test, to find spiritual gifts is to actually try, try stuff, experiment, try stuff, and if it works and people respond and it makes an impact, it may be a spiritual gift. If it doesn't, you're a contestant on American Idol. And, uh, and you just got kicked off or, you know, whatever. We talked about that last week. Anyway, let's, let's go forward this week. I want to talk about the third of the circles, though. We've talked about core values. We've talked about spiritual gifts. But the third area, the third big area of life, if we want to know that God's kazone, his vision, his plan, his purpose for your life, is the area of looking at our past experiences, looking back so that we can know where God has worked in our life up to this point and how he's worked through it. And so we want to talk about that this morning because truly, I just want to be honest with you, I believe this may have the greatest impact of all the things that we do to help us to understand where God wants us to live our lives, how he wants us to live the life from here forward. I love the verse in Romans eight twenty-eight that says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good. It doesn't say that God causes everything, but it says God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God takes all the stuff, all the experiences of life and he can make it work together for good. The bad, the good, the ugly, all the different things, he can make work in a way that that helps us to understand and, and make good uh, make something positive out of life. All of us have kind of what I would call a personal referral system. All of you do. You know you had a personal referral system? It's how you experience life. It's how you view life. Right now if I asked if I made this statement uh, based on some experiences you've had, you would say yes or no. How many of you would say that parenting is easy? Only those who have never had kids. Right? Are you one of those one percent of all the world that had this totally compliant child that slept through the night from day one? You know, never happens. But you know, parenting is. How, why, those of you who wouldn't raise your hand and say parenting is easy, why would you not raise your hand? Because you've experienced the difficulty of parenting. It's a tough. It's a tough job to do. I mean, maybe another one, maybe that wasn't fair, that wasn't a fair question. But another one is this. How many of you would say, and this is, you can be asked, high school was fun. High school was fun. Anybody here say high school was fun? Yeah, some of you do. I would not be one of them. I would not go back and live high school for any reason in the world. Now college, yeah, college was fun. But not high school. Because of your experiences there over those years, you know, it was either one way or another. So you have this personal refer So when somebody throws out the word college or parenting, all of a sudden your mind goes to this referral system you have based upon the experiences that you've had in these different areas of life. And you could go through almost any area you think about this morning. See, experiences shape us in, in so many ways. I mean, we have all kinds of experiences in life that shape us. We have family and relational experiences that shape us. Uh, The way you grow up in your family, the first thing I talk to people about when they come to me for premarital counseling, I tell them, tell me about the family you grew up in. Tell me about the relationship between your father and your mother. Why is that important in premarital counseling to talk to somebody about? Because believe it or not, that's where we learn most about how to relate to someone and so the thing is, is that that's important. That's that's part of the referral system that people have. And so if the referral system, if it was a very broken family, there needs to be some repair work done or some recognition that's what's going on there. And so that's one of the things. So we have these family relational experiences. Uh, we have educational experiences. I just, you know, some of you I said, you know, high school was fun. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about what, what was fun, the class work? Yeah, uh-huh. No, are just the friends what was the fun part but the issue is educational experiences for me college was a great experience not my first two years at community college but my but my next two years uh, next two and a half year old actually five semesters because I changed uh, majors at Carson Newman College which was a Baptist related college small school in Tennessee great school I loved it great relationships great experience learning experiences I finally learned how to study you know I mean it, it became I became a passion and when I went to graduate school it was even better And so, and I was married then, so it was even better then. So we had all this stuff. And so I have educational experiences. You do too. Uh, We have spiritual experiences in our life. If you, no matter where you are, even if you haven't accepted Christ yet in your life and you're kind of still kind of asking the question, where am I? You've had some spiritual experiences. You've had some times where something. Uh, came to mind and it began to uh, shape the way you think some experiences along the way i could tell you all kinds of spiritual experiences this morning i don't have time to do that but we have those experiences we have vocational experiences job experiences i mean i remember my first job everybody anybody here remember your first job first job okay my first job was when i was 15 years old and i was a newspaper carrier i delivered papers 5 a.m in the morning carried them around. I had 180 people on my newspaper route. That's a lot of people on a newspaper route. But it was in a subdivision, so it wasn't as bad as it sounds. But I remember that job because I hated getting up at 5 a.m., or actually I had to get up at 4.30, to deliver papers before I went to school for a couple of years. That was my first job. I've had all kinds of vocational experiences over here good, bad, some not so good you know so we've had all those you have those experiences as well and i don't really you know i could talk a lot about those today but i really don't want to talk about those type of experiences because i want to talk about the experiences this morning and talk about what scripture says about how god shapes us through probably the most powerful experiences that we have and that's what i would call painful experiences i don't have to ask you to raise your hand if you've had a painful experience do i because if you've lived life any time at all you've had some pain You've had some things that you could... You don't even have to think too long to think about the painful experiences because they're right there at the surface. They're still there in your life. And so we're going to talk this morning about how God uses the experiences that we have along with our core values and along, along with our spiritual gifts. He takes all this to help us to, to shape us in a direction and tell us, this is the way I want you to go. This is where I want to, to, to direct you in your life with your, with, your, um, with your ministry and with your life and with what you do with what you have. Um, in the Old Testament, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but you know, one of the greatest persons in the Old Testament to talk about this was a guy named Joseph in the Old Testament. And Joseph had betra- was betrayed by his brothers, he was sold into slavery, he was taken to a foreign country, he was sold to a master, uh, he was falsely accused by his master, put in prison. His life was all downhill to a certain point in life, and then something remarkable happened through all those experiences. God elevated him to a place to where he was actually over his brothers and his family he was he was second in charge of the kingdom that he was there and, and he says this about after all that's done all the stuff and he meets his brothers after all they've done to them in, in genesis chapter 50 ver, uh, verse 20 he says you intended to harm me but god intended it for good You intended it to harm me. You know, sometimes things happen bad. People do bad things to us. But God can even take that, going back to that Romans passage we looked at earlier, God can even take that and he can make it for good. So God has purposes in our experiences. And what are those purposes? Well, I believe the Bible tells us a lot of things about God, how God uses the experiences of life to shape us and direct us. Uh, You know, I'm thinking about it in the New Testament over in John where Jesus was washing his disciples' feet. And sometimes we don't get it in the middle of experiences. I mean, sometimes when something bad's happening to you, do you all of a sudden go like, I'm just so glad this is happening to me because it's shaping me for the future. Is that what you say? No, none of us ever say that unless we're sick. You know, we don't want bad things to happen to us. But but Jesus was washing the disciples' feet and Peter was irate about it. He said, no way you're going to do it to me. But Jesus says this to him because it's it's really about the experience. He said, Jesus replied... You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Have you ever had a bad experience in your life, a painful experience in your life, and then down the road, maybe months, maybe years later, look back and said, you know, I've heard people say this so many times, it's, it's really strange. You know, that was a terrible experience. I really would not have wished that into my life. But if I had to go through it again, I would do it because I learned so much. Because see, that's what God wants to do with these experiences in life, these, these painful, because hindsight is 2020, but He wants to wants to help mature us and He wants to direct our life. And for some strange reason, the painful experiences seem to get our most the most attention in our life. So what does God want to do with the experiences that you and I have? The first thing I believe is this the scripture teaches us that, and if you have your outline this morning, I have all the notes in there, and you can just fill in the blank, and most of the scriptures are there as well uh it, the first thing that god wants to do with the experiences are this he intended to teach me to, uh, experiences are intended to teach me to trust god they're intended to teach me to trust god you know after all the hardships that paul the apostle paul in scripture went through he says this in second corinthians 1 he said this happened all the stuff that he had been through all the the turmoil he'd been through so we might learn to trust not in ourselves but in god All this stuff happened in my life, all the bad stuff, the hardships, the beatings. You know, Paul was talking about a lot of bad stuff, a lot of baggage, a lot of painful experiences. But the the thing is this, you'll never know God is all you need until he's all you've got. I don't know about you guys, but I've learned I'm the closest to God when I realize sometimes he's all I've got. When everything else I've tried and I've tried to do it all in my own power and things just not working in those experiences, those tough times, God works through that in, in, in amazing ways to teach us to trust Him. God allows experiences to teach you that He is trustworthy, that He's going to be there, and I can tell you that from personal experience over years and years. I mean, just just because I'm a pastor of a church and you know, it doesn't mean that I don't go through hardships as well. I can. I, I don't have time. I thought about this today, how many t- stories to tell you. And I thought, well, you know, if I start telling stories, I'm going to be here for like three hours and you get bored and, and it'd be a hardship and a burden. And maybe you'd learn something, but, you know, but the issue is that's not the way it is. So the, the thing is, I just want to tell you that that's true. And I think all of you can look back on that and realize that God sometimes in the midst of the difficulties, not in the midst of but after the difficulties, that's when you learn to trust God. In this process. Another thing that God wants us to do with our experiences. Is see. The experiences are intended to build character. They're intended to build character in our life. Romans five four says this. We know that suffering. You know. I wish you'd say it. We know that Disney World. You know. No. It doesn't say that. It says. We know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance character. And character hope. And you just kind of go forward. It's. It, I believe that there was a better, an easier way that God would do it, but for some reason we're just knuckleheads. Right? How many of you is a knucklehead? How many, you know what a knucklehead is? Hardhead. You're just a hardhead. I mean, you don't learn it easy. None of us do. And the thing we have to understand is that so often in life is that we, it builds character when we have to learn to, uh, to do certain things. For instance, integrity. How do you learn integrity? You learn integrity, you learn to do the right thing when it's much easier to do the wrong thing and you're tempted to do the easy thing. You don't learn it just by saying, I'm going to be a person of integrity. Check. doesn't work that way. It's in the midst of having to make choices about tough things in life. How do you learn endurance? How do you learn endurance? It's learned when you keep on keeping on when everything you want to do and everything in you says, give up. That's how you learn endurance. And the process of doing it, of having to endure. How do you learn responsibility? I wish I knew this when I would write a book and give it to all parents to teach their children, you know? Responsibility. How do you learn responsibility? It's learned when you keep your commitments, even at a great personal cost, because you said that you would do it. That's how you learn responsibility. It's just not, you know, you just don't have a checklist, and that's those character traits. Character, is built in the crucible of these hard times that come in our life i love proverbs 20 uh uh, chapter 20 verse 30 in good news translation it says this sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways don't you love that verse put that on the refrigerator memorize that verse that's not one of those ones you want to do right sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways you know How many of you, this is the the classic example, how many of you had your parents tell you, do not touch the hot stove? How many of you touched the hot stove? Every generation needs to learn to touch, that the stove is hot, don't touch the hot stove. And we do it over and over and over and over again. You know, each generation has to learn that. And so sometimes it takes us to build character in our lives, to understand things. And so that's another reason that God gives us experiences. Another reason for experiences, experiences are intended to accomplish God's purpose in our life. You know that? These experiences. Example. Paul was taken prisoner to Rome. He was handcuffed in a shipwreck on the way to Rome. Was jailed uh he was shipwrecked on the way to Rome. He was jailed in a dark dungeon and he was chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day. What was the the purpose that Paul was going to Rome for? Anybody remember? That no scripture? What was the purpose well, let me tell you the purpose. Philippians 1.12, uh, basically, and this is goes. his purpose everywhere Paul went was to proclaim the gospel, to expand God's kingdom, to help people to know who Jesus Christ was, right? That was his purpose, his stated purpose in life once he became a believer. And in Philippians 1.12, he says, he says, What has happened to me, all this stuff, has already served to advance the gospel, All this shipwreck, all this handcuffed to to a soldier, uh, living in a a dungeon, chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day. All those things, he said, were were meant for God's purposes to be carried out in my life because his purpose was the gospel to be proclaimed. History tells us that uh, after he was chained to one of the uh, soldiers there, Roman soldiers, it says, not long after that, actually history books tell us there was a number of Caesar's own family who became believers in Jesus Christ, probably through the guards. It was a strange way of carrying out, I mean, Paul, I'm sure that when he went to Rome, his his thing was, I'm going to go and I'm going to preach a sermon, you know, people are going to come down and it's going to be like a big Billy Graham crusade. That's probably what he had in mind. He didn't know Billy Graham, of course. But, you know, that was his mindset. That's what he thought. But he said, no, my purpose is to God's power, God's, God's love, God's son is to be proclaimed. And it, it happened that way. Sometimes these painful experiences, uh, God uses them to at- accomplish his purpose. I've come to understand this. many experiences in life you're not going to understand here on earth. I mean, people come to me all the time. I come to all the staff all the time and come to us and ask, why did this happen? Sometimes I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that one. I don't know if that gives you encouragement or not. But the issue is, is that in the midst of that, God, I trust you for what's going to happen down the road in the midst of this because I believe that God, I really believe that God accomplishes or intends everything to accomplish his purposes for those who love him. So what do you do? Uh, What do you do with these experiences when God's trying to work through all these things? In the meantime, uh, you know, whether you can figure out why it's happening or not, I want to talk to you about how to make the most of the experiences while you're here upon this earth. Most of the experiences you'll be able to understand something about. Some you won't. How to get the best of them. How to use uh, the experiences of life. Let me give you uh, a few things uh, the experiences can help you to, to, to do and how you can can leverage the experiences in your life the first thing these all start with e okay so get to, you know write uh, all four, four e's down this morning what do you do with your experiences first of all examine your experiences examine your experiences look behind the experience whether good or bad and and, and ask the question what was it that didn't work in the experience what was it I didn't enjoy? What was it that I did wrong? You know, I may have a part of it. Take take ownership for the part that I did that it was wrong. And if it was not something that was happened to me, just ask yourself, self, to examine the experience. I love in Galatians 3, 4, it says this. Um, Paul says, have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? He's going like, man, if you don't learn from experiences, these tough experiences, where are you going to learn from? examine don't just be you know experiences can make you either bitter or it can make you better and no matter whether it's a good or bad experience it can make you bitter or it can make you better and if you examine it and ask yourself the question you know what can i learn from this experience what was god trying to do in the midst of this experience if we don't ask those hard questions some and it's all right to ask god those questions In the Phillips translation, that same verse in Galatians, it says, has all your painful experience brought you nowhere? You see, those who fail to study history are doomed to repeat it. You've heard that before. The Bible says in Proverbs that a fool never learns from their mistakes. Why? Because a fool is unteachable. Experience does not teach everybody. Experience only teaches the teachable. And experience only helps those people who stop and to examine the experiences they've had and ask, what's the lesson in this experience? And let me tell you, what what will cause you not to examine experiences is running through life so fast that you never reflect on anything. You know, I cannot tell you how many times that I believe that Satan's greatest tool in our world today is busyness. I mean, I'm going to tell you this, You get so sick of hearing me saying that that you'll just go like, Pastor be quiet. But let me tell you, busyness, busyness causes you not to reflect and ask the hard questions of life. And if you go through a painful experience and you just get busy right after that, trying to think, well, if I fill up my time with a lot of stuff and never reflect, you'll never learn. So the first thing is examine your experiences. Secondly, extract the lessons you learn. Ask yourself, what can I learn from the experience? There are two, two rules in the school of experience. Two rules in the school of experience. You know what they are? Number one rule in the school of experience. If you flunk the test the first time, what's going to happen? You just keep taking the test until you pass it. Because if you don't learn to do it the right the first time, and God doesn't teach you something the first time, you just keep doing the same thing. Oh, you know what's if keep doing the same thing over and over and expect different results? What's that called? Insanity. And God wants us to learn in the process of the experiences. Remember what you've learned. And secondly, uh, the second rule in the school of experience is this: just about the time you think you've graduated and had all the experiences you ever need in life to be as mature as you possibly can be, life or God makes up a new course. And all of a sudden, you have to learn something new again. Deuteronomy 11.2 says this, Remember what you have learned about the Lord through your experiences with him it doesn't say just kind of memorize it says remember and remember is a very powerful word there not just put it in the brain but remember it catalog it make sure it has an effect upon your life in such a way that you'll you'll think about it every time that you um, encounter something one of my definitions of maturity is this maturity is is the ability to find lessons in everyday life the ability to find lessons in everyday life. Every day, ask yourself, reflect, and say, okay, what did it, and the experiences I've had today, good, bad, ugly, and those experiences, what have I learned? What has God been trying to teach me? That's maturity. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but as I read scripture, I'm thinking, the Israelites must have been the dumbest people in the world. Then I'm going, they're just like us. Because in Old Testament, remember how often they kept doing stuff? They'd do something, they'd mess up, they would repent, and they'd turn back to God, that they'd mess, it was just a cycle. It seemed like every 15 minutes, of course when you're reading scripture, it doesn't seem that long, it was a little bit longer than that. But you know, they kept doing the same cycle over and over and over and over. It seems like they never learned. And God kept telling them, remember, 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 learn the lessons of the past. I believe a very practical thing that you can do to aid your personal spiritual growth and your success in life is to actually journal, is to write down some of the experiences. Not only think about them, but write them down. And then once in a while, one of the things I do is I go back and read my journals. If I'm going through a tough time, I go back and read my journals from other tough times that I've been through and say, okay, God, how did you work in that? It helps me to reflect and to remember how God has been There for me during during all those times. Extract the lessons you learn. Another thing we can do in, in regard to how we approach experiences is we can exploit the experiences of others. Exploit the experiences of others? Sure. You know, the average person in life learns from experience, right? The average person. The wise person, the Bible says, learns from the experiences of others. And this also says in the Old Testament, the fool learns from neither. So that's the three different levels. What do you want to be? You want to be wise, average, or a fool? Let's take a survey this morning, okay? How many of you want to be wise? Okay, the rest of you are fools. Because you want to be wise. Wise means you take the information you have in life and you apply it. Wise people learn from the experiences of others. Exploit the experiences of others. I had an interesting uh, conversation the other day. I went out Thursday, I took a day off, I have a whole bunch of vacation days left, and I was trying to figure out what to do with them, and so, isn't that a great problem to have? I thought it was fantastic, come to the end of the year, you know, I, I could almost take off the rest of the year. Uh, I mean, our, our year ends June 30th, by the way, it, on our church year for some strange reason, I don't know why, but uh, just the way it sits up. But, uh, but I, was, I went out, and so I took a day off, half a day I did some family stuff, the second half of the day I went over and didn't have anybody to uh, do anything with, so I said, I will go over and play golf by myself. So I went out to Quail Meadows and uh, I was walking along. And so the, uh, the guy, the, 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 the uh, starter out there says, hey, there's this other guy over here. Would you like to play with him? And I said, sure, why not? Well, it's, it's, everything works out for weirdness. You know, it's, it's Providence or whatever. The other guy was on staff of another church I never met before. <laughs> he was the uh, administrator, the parish administrator of St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Washington. And he's a guy who was retired from the business world and was doing this other. And so we had started having this conversation. And I was, he was picking my brain and I was picking, and we was asking each other. Both of us are, you know, old, you know. We've been around for a while. <laughs> but one of the things we did, we didn't just play golf. We talked to each other. We, you know, we exploited each other's experiences. I mean, what do you, you know, how does how, it work over Great Oaks? How does it work over St. You know, we started talking about those things. You know, when, it's, it's, it's wise. I love it when young pastors, I've had several young guys that are starting churches in the area come to me over the last few years, like, I know something, and come to me and ask me some stuff, you know, about, what are y'all doing? And I'm going like, well, you know, I have, I may be one step ahead of you guys, okay? But that's wisdom. You don't have to make all the mistakes yourself. You can learn from other people's mistakes in life. You can learn from other people's experiences, exploit the experiences, of others. In Proverbs 27, 17, it says, people learn from one another just as iron sharpens iron. You know, God brings people into our life for a purpose so that we can learn from them. I love this verse in Proverbs 25, 12. It says this, a warning given by an experienced person to someone willing to listen is more valuable than gold. A warning given by an experienced person to someone willing to listen is more valuable than gold. The richest source of human experience is not just the people around you, but the Bible. And when God, you know, if you read that and study that, you'll begin to look at the experiences of people in the Bible and how they interacted with God. And you can learn from that and not repeat the same things. See, the important fact is this experience is not always reality. Sometimes experience can be misleading, misinterpreted, misunderstood. What you need is a standard for life by which to evaluate everything that happens to you and that standard i believe is god's word and so god wants us to 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 learn to to exploit the experiences not only of people living but even people dead i think it's great to read biographies anybody ever read biographies of anybody i read biographies of great leaders because i'm i'm impressed i mean i've read people in the sports world in the business world i, I read a few a few years ago their biography of lee Coca. remember him chrysler Tom Landry, I, I don't like the Dallas Cowboys, but I read, you know, Tom Landry was, you know, was a great coach. Mike Krzyzewski, I know some of you don't like him, but he's, he's one of my heroes, you know. But, not in the sports world, you know. Other people along the way learn from people. And, and every year, one of the things we do as staff and some of our leaders, we go to a thing called the Leadership Summit. And what that is, it has people from the church world and the business world who are leaders, who are cutting edge people. And we listen, and not that we adapt or adopt everything they do, but we learn from those. And we ask ourselves, okay, what about their experiences can we exploit to bring into our life? Experiences can be things that help us to grow. The fourth thing that we can do with our experiences is this. We can employ your experiences to encourage and help people. This is what I want to end on today. We need to employ our experiences to encourage and help people. If you've had all, you know, I look in this room this morning, and I'm thinking about all of us. And and, and just individually, I mean, by myself, I've had just a limited amount of experience. But together, think about the accumulated experience. Look around, just look around. Think about the accumulated experience in this room, and I mean you've had experiences in places I've never had experiences, and I've had in your and, and, and other people have had experiences and painful experiences in almost every area of life, right? You know what it says in Scripture what to do with each other, and it says in First Thessalonians five, it says therefore encourage one another, and build each other up. You know, 50 years ago, family provided a council a of experience because we kind of lived and kind of close to families. And we had this kind of multi-generational thing where we kind of connected. That doesn't happen anymore. Very rarely do we have that connection still, right? And the church becomes that area where we can have that family experience, but we have to understand that one of our goals is to encourage one another and build each other up. One of my favorite books that I read many years ago in college was a book by a guy named Henry Nowen. Henry Nowen wrote a book that's a classic book. It's called The Wounded Healer. And In that book called The Wounded Healer, what he says is this. He said, the place where where you find your greatest wounds, it may be the place of greatest ministry in your life. The place where you can encourage and build each other up in your life. If you've been through divorce and come out the other side, You probably can help somebody who's going through that. If you've been through a tragedy with a child and come out the other side, you probably have the greatest empathy toward that person who is going through that. I mean, if I go down the list, I can name a zillion things that people have had experiences, painful experiences, trying experiences with. Things that I've never had an experience with at all. But to connect you with each other, that's important. One of the things that God, if if you want to know God's kazone, his purpose, his, his vision for your life. Examine your core values. Examine your spiritual gifts, but most I maybe maybe most importantly, look at the experiences, especially the painful experiences of your life. And ask yourself, as I look around this room, as I look in my neighborhood, as I look at work, at school, wherever I am. Who is it that could benefit from where I am and from where I've been? That may be God's one of God's greatest keys to understanding what He wants you to do and what He wants you to be. Let's pray this morning. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast for more series and podcast information go to greatoakcc.org